Hey, uh, don't fast forward. I want to share some information about a special deal with you. Bounce Athletics is offering 343 listeners and members a 10% discount on orders of premium custom soccer balls and training vests. That's right. Bounce Athletics products are fully customizable, which means you can get your school or your club or your camp logo right on the balls or the vests when you order. I personally tested their mini balls, camp balls, NFHS approved balls, and I was thoroughly impressed with everything. And so was the U12 player that I just finished training this morning. If you are running a soccer camp in 2019, Bounce Athletics can offer you fully customized, micro-stitched, textured, premium camp soccer balls for under $9 per ball. These are the same exact balls that are used by major D1 college programs for their camps, such as Wake Forest, Creighton, Texas Tech, Michigan State, just to name a handful. To receive free shipping with delivery in May, just place your order by February 15th, 2019. Email info at bounceathletics.com to start the order process and make sure that you mention 343 so you get your 10% off of your order. This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, I just want to apologize right away for the sound quality of this intro. It might be a little bit less than what other episodes uh, have been more recently since I bought a microphone and everything, which is, oof, it's been a couple of years now actually. Uh, but I'm recording this in the house of Adam Finney. Uh, he is a 343 member. I came up today to watch his girls' high school team play, and they had a thrilling 1 0 victory. And then immediately following that, another 343 member, Miguel Ramirez. Uh, his boys' high school team played, and they absolutely smashed a team 7-0. to So I came up here today to support both of their teams, and I'm just super happy to, to have been part of their uh, historic day here in Mariposa, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so apologies for the sound quality of this intro, but I hope that you guys are ready for an amazing episode with Tracy Hamm. She is the second female, second American female to ever complete the UEFA A license. And the story of how she got to that UEFA course or to the UEFA courses that she completed is a very interesting story. And she tells all of the details in this episode, uh, including how she uh, once sat at the same table as Peter Crouch. I thought that story was pretty hilarious and her little nickname that she had for him was hilarious. I started laughing when she said it. Um, but Tracy has a very, very interesting story and I hope that you guys enjoy listening to her talk about coaching education and why it means so much to her. Uh, it also means a lot to me. It means a lot to the guys that I came up here to Mariposa to visit, um, talking specifically about the 343 Coaching Education Program. And if you want more information about that program and getting the proven possession-based curriculum and methodology that we offer, you can find all of that stuff on 343coaching.com. Once again, that's 343coaching.com. All right, uh, let's get into today's episode. I hope that you enjoy it.
there if there's something that uh that you don't want to go public or that you don't want to talk about or or something like that if we get into something that you know is is an area that you just don't feel comfortable with just let me know and i can either stop recording or i can go back and edit it out later Um, okay but if there's something that you know right away that you don't want to talk about just you can just tell me now and, and we can just avoid that topic altogether um, not off the top of my head. I think we're good. Okay, cool. These, these are the these are the best kind of interviews. Then there's there's I don't know. It's kind of funny sometimes. Like people, I very I actually I very very rarely get a request to avoid certain topics. But when people do, I kind of understand where they're coming from. Like they they're either trying to make it into a certain facet of American soccer, or U.S. soccer, and they kind of mm-hmm. have to watch what they say or do just because of you know the way that the system is kind of set up and you know, sure if, if you say the wrong thing then you're just blacklisted forever and... <laughs> exactly i'm so, like i'll just make sure my answers don't step on anyone's toes well i, I think if, that if, you've yeah. I, I think you've already kind of done enough to, to step on people's toes I right <laughs> i have I'm, I'm fairly good at that so you know. tell me tell me a little bit about <clears throat> why well yeah just just tell me a little bit about why you have a little bit of of attention i guess is is how i'm going to ask the question like like why do you have people's attention right now um well i think that you know the the licensing system for us soccer um you know and they they've made some changes now but they definitely alienated women um because of the implication or the implications the requirements they put on um, you know, the application process. And I don't think it was like a malicious thing. They weren't like, let's make sure women can't get their licenses. They just didn't consider when they were making the requirements that they're going to be alienating us because of the pro requirements, the pro playing requirements. And so, um, you know, I definitely had like a chip on my shoulder when I didn't get waived into the C license um, after having played professionally. Cause I was like, well, all the MLS players get to get in. Um, you know, and there just, there wasn't a pro league from 2006 to 2009 and I graduated college in 2006. So for me, I'm like, where did you want me to go play? Um, you know, to be considered playing professional. Um, and so, you know, when they denied me getting in, you know, I definitely was a little bothered by that. (laughs) And, um, so then I just started looking abroad and just seeing what other kind of licenses there were, because when I was looking at the requirements, they're like, oh, there's a foreign license waiver. So I was like, I wonder what a foreign license is. And I didn't know anything about the UEFA coaching badges. And so when I started looking, um, you know, obviously I got into the UEFA B and um, once I got my UEFA B, I reapplied to US soccer and I got to skip the C altogether and they waved me straight into the B. (laughs) So basically I left, so basically I left the country to skip the license that I wanted to take. (laughs) Yep. It's bizarre. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. When when did you start pursuing a career in coaching? And when you had originally applied for the C license, mm-hmm. how 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 far down the coaching path had you already traveled? Were you brand new at that point, or was it was it something that you'd already been pursuing for you know, many 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 years? Uh, so I start my first like college coaching position was in two thousand eight, and that was with Cal as the assistant there. Um, and Men, so men's or women? Women. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had applied, uh, I went and got my NSCAA advanced national, I think that year, like in 2009. Um, 
because I had at the time kind of heard, um, been guided that path that it was more of like an educational experience. Um, so I was like, okay, no problem. So I did that. And then, um, then I got drafted. So then I went and played in Atlanta, um, for the Atlanta beat. And after that, I went to grad school at Boston university for my sports psychology masters. And then I came back and, uh, you know, wasn't really sure I wanted to, you know, make soccer or coaching like a full-time thing. Cause I'd gone to be a sports psychologist. And then I realized that I'm not actually super interested in hearing people's feelings all the time. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit more effective as a coach in that way. Uh, so, um, you know, I was like, you can use the education that I learned for sure and apply it to coaching, which was fantastic. But, you know, I was like, I'm, I love, I miss being on the field, you know? So, um, anyway, so when I got back, um, is when I started looking like more seriously into, um, making coaching like a path for me. And that was in 2011. And that's, um, that's when you first applied to the C license. Yeah. So I, I got my first head coaching job at Santa Rosa junior college in the fall or sorry. Yeah. Um, spring of 2012. And so I, I applied like kind of right away. Cause I figured, you know, like I might end up being a head coach now and I'm not going to necessarily be like mentored by anybody. So the only way I'm going to get better is to, you know, put myself out there and go to clinics and do licensing. And so that's when I applied to the C and that's when they had denied me. So, yeah. So after that, um, you know, I was pretty discouraged, you know, it took some time for me to, um, you know, reapply. Cause I was kind of boycotting the system. I was like, I'm not doing the D this is silly, <laughs> you know, cause I had done my E and my F or whatever, like years ago. And they were obviously, you know, people that hadn't really ever played and they were, you know, moms and dads that were coaching and that's, that's wonderful. But I was, had been there and I was like, this is ridiculous. So, um, yeah. So then after that, I, you know, boycotted it and was like, never mind. And then I kind of relooked again because I still refused to start with a D. Um, and I applied to the UEFA B license as a pro player, which is, I thought like, there's no chance that they would let me in. Cause you know, you at my own country didn't let me in as a pro player. Um, and then, yeah, I was like one of those things where I was like, kind of like hoping, it was like a, kind of like a win-win. I was like, maybe if they don't let me in, that means I don't have to go because it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but if they do let me in, then like I have to go and I'm going to do this. And so I got in and it was like the best thing that's ever happened to me. So tell, yeah. tell me, tell me a little bit about how you came across the UEFA licenses. And if I, if I remember correctly from either reading or hearing about your story, somebody did somebody push you in that direction to like, Hey, you should explore this option. Or did you just randomly find it on your own? I just randomly found it. Cause a lot of, you know, I had heard actually that it was really difficult to do because they don't typically do like residential courses like we do here. Um, you know, they're over the course of like many weekends. And so I think that that's why a lot of Americans hadn't ever considered doing it. Cause it's not like you can fly to, you know, England once a month for, you know, a weekend for six months or whatever. Um, so I was looking and, you know, um, I was trying to obviously go to like an English speaking country. So there's not, you know, a lot of them over there. Um, so, you know, I was, I was just doing research and I saw this one in Wales that happened to have a residential course, like in between, you know, like right at the end of our semester, um, in the spring. And I was like, this is amazing. Like who knew, but it was definitely a kind of rechecking cause you know, they didn't have dates and it didn't seem like super organized, um, and so then, you know, I just happened to find that one applied and it kind of worked out. What was the application process like for that compared to the C license? 
Um, you know, I don't necessarily remember what the C license application was like for U.S. soccer. Um, I think you just had to like write in what your experience was and why you should get waived in. Um, but the the B license for Wales was you had to have like a resume, you had to have letters of recommendation, um, you know, and then like documentation of like where you had actually played um, and what your experience was, like a cover letter. So it was it was a little bit more in depth for sure. Was that surprising to you at the time? I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like get as much uh, about like the the differences between the the two as, as possible. So I'm, I'm just curious, like what the what the experience was like, just starting with registration and, and comparing the two. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say that there's probably too much of a difference, to be honest. Especially now, because now U.S. Soccer and they have like the DCC, and um, you know, it's way more intense. Like you have to, you know, upload all of your you know, your previous licenses and upload your, um, your diplomas. And, you know, I think it's a lot more in depth, the different, the main difference was, I believe you had to write like a personal statement cover letter for the UEFA courses. Um, as opposed to a soccer, you're not really doing that. It's basically just like very black and white of like, you meet the requirements or you don't. Yeah. Which is interesting because I think for, for a lot of women, you know, that are, you know, denied access to some of these courses based on experience, um, that if you gave, you know, people the option to like write out what they've been doing, that it would add more value to the courses and actually probably give more access, you know, cause there's some, you know, I've had a couple of friends that have been like technical directors for like eight years for clubs and they're not getting into the C license, yeah. you know, or, or 10 years. And then you've got some guy that's never coached in his whole life, but he played in the, you know, the USL or the PDL for two years. It's like, oh yeah, come on in. Like, well, wait, what? (laughs) So, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, yeah, (laughs) I I connect with that story a lot. So, I, I had tried for eight years to get into the C license, and it actually took a kind of like a backroom deal to to get me in to the C license last year. And Mm -hmm. without that, without that little, um, without that help from someone else, I would have probably never gotten in. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's always been funny to me. Like you see, I don't know, you see Alexi Lawless has his B license and you see Landon Donovan, you know, while he's still a player, you know, has his B license and, and all kinds of things. Like, yeah, these guys have never coached before though. Like, and, and they don't, they don't do a damn thing with their, with their coaching license that they, that they had acquired. So it's really frustrating to kind of see that play out and, and know that there's so many people that are banging at the door to get in. And are just mm-hmm. being told no, and and meanwhile the red carpet is kind of being rolled out for these other people. The funniest one to me right. is Alexi Lawless with his refereeing um, certifications, and you know after being certified to be an AYSO referee, all of a sudden he was refereeing a a development academy game between LAFC and LA Galaxy. Which, granted, it's a U twelve game. I understand it's not the high level of most sure high high level of games, but it's still you know there's a process that other referees I'm a referee as well that we have to go through in order to reach development academy level and all of a sudden you know here comes you know Mr. Lawless and, <laughs> right. and, and you know he, they, have, they have a freaking documentary about him refing this U12 academy game blah 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 it's like oh my gosh so it's no. just happening on all fronts which is really frustrating it's crazy because the so the NWSL just the, the first ever they had all the a bunch of players do the C license yep 
um, which was cool. I mean, like, I was like, that's awesome. Like get these people involved in coaching, get them some experience. Cause it's like, they're all current players. So it's not like they're going to go immediately into the coaching field. Um, but you know, I'm like the fact that they're even considering that and they did it is awesome. So I'm not trying to knock that, but then they had, they tried to do the first ever all female C license course. Cause what kind of what one of the discussions was a lot of women like don't apply for some of the licenses because it's such an intimidating environment and it's one girl and 40 dudes. And you're like, this is not inviting. This is not fun. So they were like, let's do an all female C license. And then they came back and said that they didn't have enough qualified applicants. Hmm. And which is completely not true because I know a lot of the women that applied and I'm like, how did you not, how did they say you were not qualified? You know, I'm like, if, if you're not qualified and you've been coaching college for five years, you know, you've been a technical director for this long, you know, you played, you've got a good career, you know, I'm like, you're not qualified, but then a pro player who's 23 years old, who's never coached a day in her life is qualified. Hmm. Like, how does that to get the same license that you're applying for? Like, that doesn't make sense. So, you know, so then they ended up canceling that C license and I'm like that. Okay. What? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you know, I don't know who knows. So it's so backwards Mm -hmm. because you, you know, when I, when I hear you say, Oh, this person has a five years college coaching experience. And, and if they're determining that this person isn't qualified for the C license, well, in my mind, I'm thinking, Hey, this is an opportunity right here because if we're allowing coaches with zero experience to be leading colleges and, 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 you know, other Mm -hmm. adult level teams for years and years and years, but they aren't qualified. Like, Hey, this is an opportunity to to fix this problem. Like let's get these people qualified and and, make them qualified. Exactly. Like in your eyes, like let's, you have someone that's motivated to take this course. Like why, you know, okay. You know, like granted, there's a lot of people that apply, so you can't let everybody in all the time, but that's also another issue is they've got to get more instructors, but Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, tell tell me tell me a little bit about actually going over there and, and taking the course. You had you had mentioned um, kind of like the like the uh, the feeling of oh, if I don't get in, like at least I don't have to go. And um, yeah. and and you had mentioned too that you know it's very intimidating a lot of times for females to go into these coaching courses because they are very male dominated you know mm-hmm. one female to 40 coaches <clears throat> i think is a very fair ratio um from from the courses that i've attended uh, right. so so what was it like actually getting on the plane and going over there and, and and starting this adventure um it was amazing i mean it was definitely a lot of emails to this poor like the the admin was like i'm like where do i fly into how do i get there because it was in wales so it was outside of cardiff by like an hour um you know and everyone there was from england or wales so it was you know they're all there wasn't like any information about like how to get to this place because it was in the national training center where wales does all their camps um, you know, so <laughs> this, this poor lady's like, oh, I didn't know that we needed to send out this information because everybody <laughs> like knows where to go, you know? And so I'm like, where do I fly into? How do I get there? And, you know, I ended up, uh, now that I've gone over there three times, like I know exactly what I'm doing. But the first time I flew into Dublin, Ireland, I spent like the night in a hostel because it was only, only going to be there for like 12 hours. <laughs> and then, you know, flew out in the morning and I ended up getting there, you know, hours early. And then I'm sitting in the you know, the hotel lobby, because the, the center is about a 30 minute drive from where the hotel is, you know, I didn't rent a car because I'm thinking it's on site. You know, I had, didn't even know that the hotel was far from where the <laughs> the camp, you know, whatever the, the course was. And so I'm like, 
awkwardly like eyeing people in the lobby like do you look like a coach like do I you know and I, <laughs> can I get a ride with you and so I actually like some guy you know had soccer stuff on and I was like are you in this course and of course he's looking at me like you're American like what are you doing here um he's like yeah so got a ride to the you know to the center and I walked in and you know everyone's um you know there's circle tables with everybody's like name tags um, and there's, you get an embroidered bag, you know, with your name on it and all of this gear, which is incredible because everyone looks the same. It's like so professional walking to the, the training center is unbelievable. And so, you know, I don't know anybody. And of course, all the guys are like growing out, like, what's up, man? You know, so I'm looking at some of the names and I'm like starting to become like horrified that I'm there. I'm like, you can turn and leave. Like no one will know that you were even here. So it's like Peter Crouch is the first name that I saw. Wow. And I was like, like Peter, like Crouchy, like Peter Crouch. Okay. Um, you know, and like, there's like Ryan Shawcross and, you know, Mito and, you know, some of these names, I'm like, this is so interesting. And so I'm sitting there and all these, you know, of course, like I'm the one girl at the round table by myself because everybody else is like sitting all the other, you know, with their tape, you know, their buddies. And so I'm like, okay. And so then of course, like some nice guy comes and like sits with me and he's like, how are you? You know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, everyone, like the course is about to start and all of a sudden this one girl walks in the door and her and I make eye contact immediately. And I was like, I don't know you, you don't know me, but we're about to be best friends. <laughs> and <clears throat> it was like this look of like relief, you know? So she comes and sits down and so we're, you know, everyone has to get up and introduce themselves and like talk about where they're from, whatever. And, you know, I hadn't really said anything to anyone. And so everyone's, you know, and I'm one of the last people that goes. So I stand up and you know, I say my name and obviously they hear like I have an American accent. So it's like all of a sudden, like everyone's staring at me like, what are you doing here? Um, but it, it turned out to be just like such an amazing experience. Like they are so talented. The coaching instructors are unbelievable. And just the um, I just felt like the vibe was so um, you know, like they they wanted everyone to be successful and the players, you know, the coaches that were there, a lot of some of them didn't have any experience. Like, you know, like Peter's still playing. So it's like they, you know, everyone was so invested in helping each other. And there was like no ego. And it just felt like they were really there to learn. Um, no one was there like big timing anybody. And it was kind of cool because I was one of the coaches there that probably had like the most experience. And so they're like, hey, what would I do for this session? And I'm like, oh, like, okay, let me write this for you, you know. And so it ended up being just like a really cool, um, you know, it was one of the best experiences I had in my entire life. And I, I couldn't wait to go back to do my A. So it was great. One of the things that you mentioned earlier when you were talking about, I believe you had kind of gotten to a point where you were coaching college and mm -hmm. you had realized, if I remember correctly, this is how you said it, that you know, you weren't going to have a mentor anymore. And so that's why mm -hmm. you started to seek out these educational opportunities. And that's why you originally tried to get into a C license. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if this UEFA licensing process ended up being a little bit like a mentorship, like it, did, did it ultimately become like a mentor apprenticeship type situation with your instructor or was it just straight up just, you know, do your assignments and, and, and turn them, turn them in here, make sure your name and data are on the paper and, and that's it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the well, the B course is 10 days, and so you do, like, your C certificate or whatever, like, the first three days, and then you do the B the last seven, and you're assigned a mentor that you meet every single night to, like, basically debrief the day and talk about, um, you know, make sure that you're understanding what the assignments are, and you have to run a bunch of sessions when you're there, and that was probably, like, the most helpful thing was sitting with someone and them ask, because they do things so differently, you know, and I'm sitting there trying to remember what I did in the NSCAA course from, you know, six years before, and I'm like, wait, what did I do? You, you just showed up. <laughs> you know, was, like, I, I can remind you, you just showed up, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right, and so, you know, it was so interesting, and, like, I felt like that was where the most education happened, was, like, meeting with your mentor, um, and the most in terms of them identifying whether or not you know what you're talking about. You know, Tr- Tracy, like all I, I, I want to I want to interrupt you for a second because I don't want to forget this question. So, sure. and this is something that really, really pissed me off about when I took my C license. And so, I want to see if it was any different with with your experience with the B. Mm-hmm. How, how much time was allotted for you to sit with your mentor and to discuss things? Was there like a, a super strict time limit? Like, did you get five minutes, ten minutes, an hour? You know. You know, access uh, through email or, or yeah, what was that experience actually like with the mentor? Like in UEFA? Yes. Um, so the, the B was a little bit different cause it was just the 10 day course. And so we met at night for about you know 30 minutes every evening. Um, but you could go over, it could be shorter. It kind of just depended on what we'd talked about that day, but the A license was, we met, we talked, I mean, nonstop. And most of the sessions were an hour and a half to two hours on Skype. Wow. So it was like a full, and we did, we did six of those. Um, and then the same thing, like when we actually did the two kind of residential components of the A license, you met again with your mentor, like every evening and you send all your sessions and they give you feedback. I mean, it is like heavy, heavy involved with your mentor. Wow. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm recalling now like the experience that the USSFC course was like for me and, and you know the first thing that you do is you meet with your mentor um, mm-hmm. but the first meeting it was like you know less than 10 minutes and and you you don't even know the people yet and they're already critiquing right. a session that you had submitted online with this new you know programs that you that you need to learn the program uh, the DCC program which mm-hmm. is complicated as hell as well so it's like all right, right. Well, you know so you're getting critiqued on this session that you submitted through this program that you have no no idea how to work and you know, a lot of the critiques that I got back were, you know, things that were more specific to the the software. It's like, well, yeah, I don't know how to use your software, so don't <laughs> don't judge me on, on on my ability to use a computer. Um, right, and yeah. a lot of those things could just get filtered out, like when you just have a conversation, like, oh, hey, you know, like, and that was mainly like when we would go over the sessions that I was going to run, and I, you know, you create them. They have they use Sports Session Planner, so it's a little bit different. But a lot of it was like you're talking about what you're doing on the tactics board with a mentor for 30 minutes before you go drop your session. And then you come back the next day and you're like, hey, this is what I came up with based on yesterday. And then they're asking you like, well, hey, what do you think about this? OK, so if this happens here, what's your solution to this problem? You need to, you know, so it is like very, very heavy hands on with the mentor, which was amazing. So helpful, like mind blowing helpful. So all right, so you've already kind of hinted at that you didn't you didn't stop at the B license or the the, the mm-hmm. B badge. What's what do they call they call them badges there, right? They call them badges, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you you kept you kept progressing, and so obviously you're making it sound like it was an amazing experience. So obviously you would you would want to you know continue to seek out that education. 
Mm-hmm. Was was there a moment where you were like, ah, oh, maybe I'm going to go back and, and try my my C license right away, the uh, USSF C license right away, or did you immediately just keep going down the UEFA path? So after I got my UEFA B, I applied to the U.S. Soccer B license like two months later, and I got in. So I did my UEFA B and my U.S. Soccer B license in one year. Wow. Yeah, which that's why it was funny. It was like I had applied to get into the C license, and they denied me. And then I left the country and got a foreign license, and then they let me skip the C altogether and go straight to the B. I was like, what? (laughs) Okay. During during this application process for your C and for your B in Mm -hmm. USSF, you're never talking with an actual human, right? Like it's just it's just online applications. Correct. So so yeah, so nobody nobody knew like the the story, like the computer doesn't have feelings, right? So No. So the US the US soccer the B license, when I applied to that, the reason I got in was because I had uploaded my my um my UEFA B like diploma. Got it. So yeah, they let me in with that. Hey, sit tight. We are going to hear a quick message from our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. As a part-time DOC, I had a budget and, you know, we needed training gear every year and it just was getting more and more difficult to find decent, high-quality, affordable training balls. That's Zach. He's the co-founder of Bounce Athletics. And as a coach, he was having a hard time finding quality soccer balls at an affordable price. So he started searching for ways to solve that problem for himself and for others. We've been able to experiment with a lot of different textured materials and construction methods. And, and I think we've really got it dialed in to, to where now, you know, with, with our training balls, we're providing super high level training balls that have all the modern technology in them for a fraction of the price of global brands. Zach and Bounce Athletics are offering 343 members and listeners 10% off orders of those custom premium soccer balls that he was just talking about. If you are hosting a soccer camp this summer and you want to get 10% off camp balls with free shipping and receive everything by May, just place your order with Bounce Athletics by February 15th. Email info at bounceathletics.com to start the order process and be sure to mention 343 to receive your 10% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. Now, what was the... What was the feeling like going into the USSFB course for the first day? Obviously, you, you know, you'd gone through this experience with Peter Crouch being at the same table as you and, you know, having mm-hmm. this, this amazing experience with the UEFA license where you, you know, prepared for, for the USSFB license. Were you confident walking in the room? What, what was that like? Well, I think I had really like high expectations based on my you know, my UEFA experience, because it was just so amazing and like professional and organized. And so my, my B license, in, you know, in the US was a little bit, um, you know, it was different. And it was because I think part of the reason it's hard to like, you know, I don't want to like bash them yet, but like, they, <laughs> they had just come out with the modules, like the new pathways and roadmaps. And so it was one of the first courses, B licenses that they were conducting with kind of the new methodology um so it was a little bit i don't want to say it was like disorganized but it was i mean there was times where they were like oh you guys get the afternoon off for like five hours and you know some of the people were like hell yeah like that's great i don't have to (laughs) go do it but like 
I'm looking at, I'm like, no, like I'm paying a lot of money. Like show me something, like teach me something. I don't want the afternoon off, you know, like this is what I'm here for. Um, you know, and so there's def there's so many different ways to kind of compare and contrast the two experiences, but I definitely had, you know, really high expectations just, you know, based on where, what I had just done. Um, and you know, it, it was like, I felt like I was getting like my PhD, you know, in the U S soccer licensing, it was kind of like, I think one of the best ways that I can like describe it is honestly, like you're paying for an education with UEFA, you're paying for a license with U S soccer. Wow. Yeah. And you know, it's like, there's obviously like, I had a great instructor for U S soccer. She, um, Heather Dykes, who's the coach at, um, university of New Mexico. I mean, she's awesome. Like I'm, I feel like very lucky that I had her, um, you know, cause just, I mean, she, she was definitely like way more involved in terms of like being a mentor and I'd known her from before. And so her and I had a lot of great conversations and she was really helpful. Um, but I know that that's not everybody's experience. And it's like, it's so dependent on who your mentor is or, you know, who your instructor is with us soccer and, you know, what your experience is like, which is crazy. Cause like, you know, UEFA would be just, it's like a uniform experience. You're all getting the same information, they're all very, very invested. I don't think there's one that's better than the other, um, you know, but U.S. soccer, I think, is really dependent on, like, who you actually get um, paired up with. That's the that's, that's actually dead on for uh, all the number of interviews I've done about the C license. I, I, I need to stop interviewing people about the C license, actually. Um, <laughs> people are probably like, God, John, like, get over it. Um, but, but, but that's it's very accurate and in line with what everybody else has said. It's like, it's very dependent on, you know, who you get as your instructor or, or, um, even, even, you know, depending on the level of license that you're in. So like the C license is, is very different from the B license is very different from the A license from what mm-hmm. I've, I've been told. <clears throat> Um, and I can only vouch for, for the C because that's as far as I've gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had asked you for 30 minutes. I'm wondering if I can squeeze 10 more minutes out of you. Oh yeah. No problem. Uh, okay. Because I, I want to, I want to try to, you know, fast forward here and talk yeah, a little bit good. about the, the A license or the A badge experience. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so let's, let's just, I guess just keep pressing on and, and you know, you you got to a point where you know, you had your UEFA B and, and USSF B and, and still it, it seems like you're like, I'm, I'm not satisfied yet. Like I, I want to continue to push myself. And so you, you kept going. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I just had such a great experience in UEFA B that I was like, there's so much more. Like if this is just a glimpse at what I'm going to learn, like there's not one part of me that doesn't want to keep going with this. Um, you know, and mainly it was like, is it possible? Because, of how in depth, um, and the, the hours that are required to get a UFA license are so insane. It's something like 400 hours. So, um, you know, it was more like, can I actually do this? Um, and they did, so Wales did in an international, they call it like an international A, um, cause most people that do the A license are obviously like living in the country or like around the area. So it's easy. Um, cause what they do is they have your mentor actually goes to your club when you live over there to watch you run your sessions and give you feedback. But obviously if you don't live there, then we had to film our sessions and, you know, send them in and Skype about them and all of that. And so, yeah, I just felt like, you know, I, my, you know, my, my assistant at the time at San Francisco state, when I got back from, you know, doing the B license, 
she, you know, after running like a, a week of sessions, she like looked at me and she had a conversation. She's like, this is unbelievable. She's like, you're like a different coach. She's like, you were good before, but she's like, this is like, she's like, I'm writing your sessions down. Like my mind is blown watching you do this. And I was like, awesome. You know, I was like, that's how I felt. Like it was like opening a door to some like a way of coaching that I had never considered, you know, or I didn't even think that like, Oh, that's how you do things. Like that makes way more sense to explain it like that. Like this is incredible. And so, um, yeah, I just was like, I, I like to be the best at everything that I do, to be honest. And so I was like, <laughs> I feel like I'm at like a secret meeting. So like, I need to go pursue this, um, you know? And so when I went back to do the A, you go the first time you go, the first contact seven days, then you leave for a year and you Skype and you do, there's so many assignments. I mean, it is like very, very in-depth doing match analysis and, um, you know, <clears throat> you have to write 80 sessions and then you have to do reflections at each session. And they're really specific about um, the different types of sessions. So there's like functional trainings, drill to small sided game, half pitch sessions, phase of play sessions, shadow plays, and you have to do a certain amount of sessions. And I mean, they're really specific about what goes into each session. So it's, it's not like you just, you know, write, well, like, scribble something on a piece of paper and like send it in. It's like, they'll write back to you and say like, you didn't explain what happens when, you know, from minute 22 to 23, like, Oh, okay. Sorry. So, you know, it's very detailed, very time consuming. Um, so then you leave for the year and then you go back, um, for another week, um, at the end of the, you know, kind of end of the course, um, to do, it was supposed to be to do all the final assessments. Um, but at the time they didn't feel like the, that there was enough candidates who were ready to be assessed. Um, so they're like, come back and we'll just finish all the rest of the coursework and, um, do more, you know, trainings and stuff. And then, um, you can choose when you want to be assessed. Um, so you basically would film like a couple more sessions and then they would tell you when they thought that you were ready. So it's, it's kind of nice. I mean, they don't like put you in a situation where they think they're going to fail. They're like, no, this girl or this guy needs, you know, a couple more sessions and a little bit more feedback and then they'll be ready. So um, you know, and there's some people that hadn't completed their assignments and they won't let you be assessed until then. So it's a little bit more flexible, but it's also more like conducive to learning and people learn at different paces. And, you know, some of them aren't, don't have the ability to coach a team every day, you know, so they're not getting the same amount of sessions in. So it's, it was, um, I mean, it was unbelievable. I went to their convention when I was there, um, which is, very different than the NSCAA convention or the USC <laughs> convention. Sorry. Very, very different. Um, you know, we had like, it was like Thierry Henry was a presenter. Mikel Arteta was a presenter. Pep Lingers was a presenter. You're watching them run sessions because it's, you know, three days they're running a session then they're on a panel. Then they're talking about match analysis and they're, I mean, it like, like I was laughing when I'm there because I'm looking around. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, this is so cool. And like, you know, like I, like I couldn't write fast enough, like, you know, everything that they were saying. And so it was, it was amazing. This is just an observation, you know, through a, through a phone call, but the way that you talked about, you know, just getting into the UEFA B compared to talking about, your experience with the A license, it seems like there was kind of like a level up in confidence as well. So, you know, going back into, in, into the A license experience in, in UEFA, you, 
you you just the way you talk about it, it seems like like it was just no problem for you now like oh i've gone through this before and and you know i i know what the experience is going to be like which is you know night and day difference from when you probably stepped uh stepped off the plane for for your b exactly like i actually knew which airport to fly into this time <laughs> and it was like an easy train ride and i knew it's like yeah, in the hotel and how to like navigate it and actually we had like you know a, a group text that we'd had for like a year and i knew that there was going to be there's like six or seven people that had done the b the year before that were going to do this a so i had like familiar faces and it wasn't you know it was definitely more because i think part of the experience which made it so scary to do the b was like a going to you know a different country myself you know not knowing anyone or anything or feeling a little bit like what am i doing here you know um, but then, yeah, the second time it was like, no, I know what I'm talking about. Like, I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm prepared for this. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff that I don't know. Um, but they're here to help me. And it's not like a pissing contest. It's like, no, if you don't know what you're talking about, I'll help you. You know, um, the, the critiques, it wasn't like, it, it was feedback. Like they give you feedback and like really wonderful feedback that, you know, it wasn't like, I felt like. I was disagreeing with anything that they said. Whereas, you know, some of the stuff when you're watching people run sessions, like for the USB course, you know, some people that ran sessions and not, not the candidates, but the instructors that had run stuff. I'm looking at, I'm like, I wouldn't do it like that. Like, that's not <laughs> actually the wrong coaching point. Like that doesn't make sense. He's not saying that this is happening, you know? And there was like, not one time that that happened, even like remotely, you know, over in Europe, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, that's brilliant. Like what? Mind blown. So uh, I knew what I was getting into. Absolutely. So way more confident going over the second time. And what about, what about being a female in that environment? Was, was that something that was, you know, an issue or, or, you know, in the front of your mind throughout the, the, the A license experience or did, did that kind of just become eliminated just because of your confidence um it was definitely more like eliminated I think the second time mainly just because I I knew that you know like to be honest like a lot of the like the licenses here are like you know you go like rage fest like everyone's like partying and it's not like super serious <laughs> and you know which is like fine it is what it is but like there it's like yeah I'm gonna have like beers at night but like no one I mean like they're there to get their like license and to learn so it is like a very different environment like you wake up and everyone's like dressed in the exact same outfit and like on time and very polished and you know so it was just like I knew that you know not I knew people which is great I knew the instructors and I knew the expectation um so it was definitely like different in that way um but yeah I mean I think that just having kind of like know their style and know the way that they do things um you know it was a lot more it was it was like way more helpful and just more um just a, a better like a better learning environment for sure the second time because I was like not as terrified <laughs> I was like okay I know what I'm doing this is good mm -hmm. what what's been the biggest impact on your actual coaching or what is what has made the biggest impact <clears throat> on your on your actual coaching or how has your coaching changed for, for better or for worse, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean like a thousand times better, you know, I think that a lot of like what I was good at coaching prior to taking the licenses was, um, you know, just like I, I'm a good motivator for sure. I get, you know, a lot out of my players, um, you know, and I think the ability to compete is something that, 
you know, can be really difficult to train to make things intense and invaluable in that way. But just doing more like, I don't know, more like detailed sessions and like being able to like extract, you know, moments out of a game and then create a session around something you know that you need to work on and I think a lot of like my experience playing and I played for a lot of different coaches and you know a lot of different levels and a lot of it is just like it's so basic you do technical warm-up and then you do possession and then you do something to gain to goals you know it's like okay like there wasn't necessarily like I don't feel like I really had like um you know like my college coach was a lot you know obviously like a little bit different but um you know like actual functional training like you do well, where is this occurring on the field? Use the players that are specifically involved. Cause I think a lot of what, you know, one of the funniest things my mentor was like cracking up cause she was like, or he was like, what, what do you guys do over there? You know, I said, <laughs> so we're doing functional training, right. And we're working on creating overloads in the wide area with like, you know, whatever you're seven and 11 and building, you know, whatever. So um, they're so specific. It's like creating overloads in the wide area in the middle to attacking third like okay great so you only use those players that are specifically involved which is like you know if with your opponent or your opposition you've got let's say like 10 players so i go i'm watching do this and you know i have my meeting with my mentor that night and we're going over like what my session is going to be and i'm cramming in you know like 20 like 18 kids and i'm like rotating people and they're like wait no you're only using these people I'm like, for the whole thing? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what do the other 20 kids do? And then he's looking, he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, what are all the other players doing while you're doing this, like, one little part of the game? And he's like, they're with the other coaches doing what they need to do. And I'm like, okay. I was like, so listen up. I'm like, no, no. It is just me and I have 28 players. And they were like, oh. And they're like, okay. So I'm like, yes, this is where things get difficult with like U.S. soccer and like trying to break the game down into like very detailed specifics is you can't have players just standing there like parents would die. You know, what did you do at practice? I don't know. I watched I watched the outside back and the outside forward create overloads together. <laughs> like, well, you play center mid. Well, yeah. So I just didn't watch for an hour like that would never happen. So it was funny, like, you know, it was definitely like a learning curve for them too, trying to figure out like how to integrate people and, you know do things but I think for me it was you know college is different like you can have players just sit and watch but clubs totally like that would never happen you know to some degree so um yeah I think just like the biggest difference though is is for sure just being able to extract details from the game and then apply them into you know um, a training environment um and just be very specific about what you want and you know that that was probably you know the biggest impact for sure um you know, just the way that they, they do their sessions, how every single thing has a purpose. Um, it's never just like, you know, put a ball out and let them play. Um, you know, but they, and they don't, their sessions are, I don't know, sometimes like 70 minutes, they're never longer than 90. Um, and it's just like, it's just, it's so, it's so detailed and so specific. And that was stuff that I'd like never really considered. Um, you know, the technical stuff you can kind of manipulate, but the actual tactics involved, um, you know, it was just like, it was so valuable to me to go over there and be like, God, that's how you would coach that. Okay. <laughs> you know, so it was great. Are you interested at all in becoming an, an, an educator yourself and, and 
I know that like you know coaching is obviously you know, <clears throat> educating players and whatnot, but are, are you interested in getting into coaching education and sharing your experience or improving the the, the American coach experience here um, for for other people that are going through the same struggles that you've already gone through? I am. Yeah, I've actually like had so we're trying to do that in Northern California. And they actually just finished an instructor license to do the grassroots, like the new modules that came out, you know, the grassroots and the 1111 and stuff. Um, honestly, and every single time it's like falls on a day where I can't make it. But um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's something that I've been really kind of passionate about, especially, you know, I want the experience to be better for everybody. I want women to have more access, you know, and, you know, and, and men to be honest too. So it's, I feel like that's one of the biggest things is you've got to find a way to get, to make things more accessible and then to make it more valuable once you're there. So for me, like, I think, you know, eventually in the next year, um, I definitely would like to, to be an instructor and they, you know, they don't, you can't be a, you can't be a C or B instructor unless you have your A. Um, so obviously it takes some time <laughs> to kind of build up to things, but you know, you start at the grassroots level now. Um, like one of my good friends just finished hers and it's awesome. Cause she just, I mean, you know, she's like, let's get all of the SF state girls, their license you know, at the end of spring so they can coach, you know, the, because they took away like the E and the F and stuff now. So I'm like, let's do it. So we're, we're getting there. I definitely would def be very, very interested in doing it. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And I like the idea of getting huh. all the players uh, licensed. That's I think really, uh, it's a really, really good idea and get the, get the girls off to, you know, a, a great start if they want to pursue yeah. coaching in the future. And it's something that they just have in their back pocket and it's yep. like, all right, you know, while you're being a waitress, when you first start out or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, go coach, yep. go to something else, you know, so absolutely. All right, Tracy, I have one last question. I ask this question at the end of every interview and I, I, I like the wide, um, the, the wide array, I guess, of, of answers and, and everybody answers it completely differently in, in um, yeah, so I always ask people, what do people need to know? And you can answer that however you see fit. It could be about American soccer, about coaching education, about women's soccer, men's soccer, whatever. But in in your opinion, what do people need to know? What do people need to know? Um, that the first no, in my opinion, means yes in your mind. Um, <laughs> no, no always means yes for at least a split second. Um, so <clears throat> I think, you know, one of the most important things um, to know is that there's, there's different routes and there's different paths and um, to just, it doesn't necessarily mean creative, but like reach out to your network, reach out to people that you know and that you respect um, you know, and, and rely on each other. Um, you know, I, I think that that is something that it's really hard to ask for help and it's, uh, you know, you want to navigate things on your own, but, you know, once there's people that have done things before you, um, you know, just reach out for help and their, their experience is invaluable. Um, you know, you might not do things the way that everybody else has done it. Um, you know, but the end result's the same. So, just get after it and, you know, ask for help and, and that's it. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, where, where can people connect with you or learn more about, you know, everything that you've, that you've gone through or, and, and kind of just keep tabs on your story as well? Um, well, I have a documentary coming out about me in the next, I don't know when we're going to screen it. It's almost done. Um, 
And that would be a good way to watch my movie. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know when actually we're doing screenings and stuff. But um, I would say, you know, you can follow me on Twitter and things like that. Um, tell, but, tell, me, tell me about the movie. What, what What's it called and, and where are people going to be able to find it eventually? So there's a website called uh, it's just coachthemovie.com. Um, and it's basically about um well initially the concept of it was so this woman found out that i was doing my ua photo license and she was like this is amazing like you're the first person to do this and i was like i'm actually the second female american (laughs) female um who was the first but uh denise reddy and she's the head coach of sky blue okay um and she did hers over in sweden so a while ago um Anyway, and uh, she's like, we need, like, women need to see other women doing things, and then we're more, like, prone to do them, too, you know? So she's like, I want to make a movie about you, and I was like, this is nuts. Like, no, thank you. I'm not really interested. I'm not doing this to, like, (laughs) for the notoriety. I just want to be really good at what I'm doing, and I want all of the information. So she's like, oh, no, we're doing this, and you're going to help other women. And I was like, okay, right on. So I was like, I get it, and I, you know, I was super into it after she kind of explained. She's like, I think that this will be, you know, like, a really great thing for, like, young girls to see and, like, other female coaches and stuff so anyway it started off kind of on the premise of um, this woman does she's a sports psychologist and she wanted to show the how like being a female athlete the skill sets that you learn can translate to um you know female coaches so like hey like all of you women you guys have the skill set already like now let's move into this profession and you can use it so like don't feel like you don't have you know, the right tools to be a successful female coach. Like you do, you are a female athlete. So she kind of wanted to show like me going through the process of doing my UAFA license and kind of reflect on like, you know, kind of those characteristics of being a female athlete. And, you know, this is, you can, you can be a female coach. And after like all the footage and everything came out, (laughs) she calls me and she goes, um, so it's actually like super isolating and lonely. Um, and <laughs> I don't know if it's like super motivating. So she's like, now I don't know what the movie's about. Um, Cause you know, there's a lot of things like me by myself a lot of the time. Like I don't know anybody that, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, you spend a lot of time alone. I think a lot of coaches spend a lot of time alone, you know, kind of perfecting their craft. And, you know, it was like, again, being the only female in American, it was, you know, moments of like, okay, I'll just, you know, hang out over here. I don't know what you guys are talking <laughs> about. Um, you know, and not that it was like mean or cruel. It was just like, I don't know, we're all adults, like whatever. And so um, it ended up basically the, the direction the movie kind of took on after all the footage had come out and they were trying to put together, you know, kind of the scenes. And basically now it's more of like, you're touching on the realities that female coaches face. So whether it be at a license or, um, you know, or at a course or maybe just the barriers it takes to get into coaching and, you know, maybe like, you know, some environments can be like really patronizing and, um, you know, anyway, so it's, it's more like, Hey, these are just realities that women face in coaching day to day, but like, guess what? We're all facing it. It's just part of the day. So just move on, like power through, get over it. Like you've got to move forward regardless, um, which has been, you know, it turned into be like way more of a, of a motivating film now than I think it was before. Um, Cause it's just, it's highlighting, it's not really investing in like one reality or one, you know, piece of adversity more than another. It's just like, Hey, these are the things that happen and like, it is what it is right now, but like move forward and we can like make changes together and, and highlight some of those issues and make people more aware 
um, both men and women um, to kind of, you know, instill change. So it's cool. It's good. That's very cool. And, and I like that you mentioned that it's kind of like more motivating and, and I'm thinking back to something that you said earlier where you mentioned that you have no problem getting the most out of your players. And so this is a way to touch more people and get the most out of more people. So it, it kind of is, you know, again, based off my observation from this, this quick phone call that we've had, it, it just, it, it kind of seems like that's very fitting for you and your story. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's kind of what, you know, my experience the past couple of years doing these licenses, you know, doing this, you know, this documentary has been, um, you know, I've definitely taken more of a, um, you know, like I, I'm not like I'm done doing me, but like, there's, there's so much more that I can give to other people and it's so rewarding. And so it's not just about me and like my experience and, you know, me becoming, you know, the coach that I want to become. It's more like, Hey, you guys can do it too. Like everyone can do this. Um, you just got to put yourself out there and put yourself in uncomfortable environments and kind of embrace it and, you know, just believe in yourself. And so, um, you know, there's moments, there's a lot of tears for me, you know, going through, the, the licenses because things it was hard you know in a lot of different ways but it's like you finally realize like you're going to survive all those tough moments um you know if you just kind of believe in yourself and stick with it and you know so now it's I've kind of my my outlook on what I'm doing um has become kind of like less about me um and more about like all right let's get let's get more females involved. Let's, um, let's highlight some of the issues, you know, with us soccer licensing and make things more accessible to everybody. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 Podcast. If you are interested in finding more episodes of the 343 Podcast, or if you are interested in learning about more of the benefits of the program that helps to support and fund this podcast that you just listened to, you can find all of that at 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343, the word coaching, all spelled out, .com. To tell you a little bit more about his experience with one of our online programs, here is Tom Beyer. And I can tell you, after someone who's done a lot of coaches' education, both as a student and as an instructor, that you will learn more by watching one or two of their videos that you might learn on any full-time course. Because the, the one thing that I liked about what they're presenting is, again, it's simplicity, man. It's very simple. It's not a lot of, you know, complicated words. It makes sense. And it goes right directly to the heart of, of, of the game on, on, on how, to, how to develop um, not just you know, individual players, but develop teams as well. Once again, you can find all of that information by going to and visiting 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343, the word coaching, all spelled out, dot com. All right, we will catch you guys next time here on the 343 Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting the work that we do. Thank you.